Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, where we are talking about the Brown schedule, of course, released tonight. I am Dan Lobby. I'm joined by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, happy to see that the schedule is out, and now we can all cross our fingers and hope that they can actually play this 16-game schedule. And Ellis Williams, Ellis Williams joining us as well. Ellis, how are you? Things are good, man. It's, it, it's late. I'm watching Trey Wingle broadcast from Bristol. Is this the NFL draft or am I having deja vu? It's it, we're all just, I'm in my basement though. That doesn't change. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's sort of that, that dual, uh, that dual reality here, I guess, going on. Mary Kay, you mentioned it. Uh, maybe we'll have games. Maybe we won't, but we have official dates. The NFL has sort of been able to just do everything virtually and hasn't really been held to anything yet. But now I guess the countdown's officially on because they've released all 256 games. We're going to go through this in quarters. Uh, we're going to spend some time on each quarter of the season. And uh, so for the Browns, that's September 13th at Baltimore. Then a quick turnaround to a home game against Cincinnati, a home game against the Redskins on September 27th and October 4th at Dallas. I feel like, Mary Kay, we're going to spend a whole lot of time here in this segment talking about that opener against the Baltimore Ravens at 1 o'clock on September 13th. Yeah, wow. I mean, both of those first two games, my goodness, to start out like that, to open against the defending AFC North champ Ravens and the reigning NFL MVP in Lamar Jackson, and then to move into uh, that Bengals game with Joe Burrow only four days later on primetime Thursday night television, what a bang-up way to start the NFL season for the Cleveland Browns. I think everybody's excited about it. I was actually shocked and surprised that they loaded up with four AFC North games in the first half of the season. So, yeah, I, I really can't believe that, um, you know, that they're starting out quite like that, but it, it really should get everyone going. It's a Heisman Trophy winners in those first two weeks. Yeah, that's true. And, and Ellis, I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at it, right? Baltimore, the class of the AFC North, that's a tough way to open. But sometimes in the NFL, you, you like to get these teams early on before they've kind of figured themselves out. I don't know if that's going to be a problem with these Ravens, but, uh, you know, sometimes you like to get teams early. So, uh, I don't know, maybe this could be beneficial for the Browns. Yeah, Dan, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I hadn't thought about that yet. Uh, reminiscent of what would that have been, the, the Saints-Browns uh, game, you know, yeah. when – just things like that. And then you think back to RG3 again against the Saints. Those teams can – you can surprise some teams. But um, I put this on Twitter a couple minutes ago, and if it's already old, I haven't had time to read all these <laughs> NFL schedule takes yet. Um, but I'm just going to own this one. I don't think they the Browns could have had a worse draw than the Baltimore Ravens in week one. Uh, I wrote about it. Teams – and it's pretty obvious. Teams with new coaching staffs are going to have a disadvantage, lack of continuity – in 2020 and the Browns are the only AFC team with a new coach and they're getting Baltimore and everything they are in week one. I don't think they could be a worse draw for the Browns there. I do respect your rebuttal of, you know, maybe you can surprise them. There's a lot of truth in that and history does show it as we, we just mentioned, but I don't think it could be worse, but on the flip side, the Bengals and their quarterback are learning a new offense, just like Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, but one of them's a rookie and it's at home. So I like that game a lot more than week one. But from a fan point of view, that, there's a lot of excitement in those first two weeks. Yeah. You know what, Go ahead. But when you look at that, um, the, the Ravens game, and of course you would think all of those things hold true, but what did they do last year? I mean, they went out and surprised us all. And really, I mean, even when you look back at that game, 
in Baltimore, it's still like, really? You know, did that happen? And then those guys, you know, they just went on to be unstoppable and unbeatable. So, I mean, they, they are going to be ready for the Browns this time around. They're not going to let them probably come into their house two years in a row and beat them. But, boy, that was, uh, that was something else when they did it last year. And the Browns have the element of surprise. Nobody knows what they're going to be about. Nobody knows what, the, what they're going to do. So they're going to have uh, no tape on the Cleveland Browns with Kevin Stefanski and all these new players. It's going to be one heck of a game. Yeah, the, you know, the, the NFL is weird in September. Uh, that's one thing that we all know. The NFL is a really weird league in September, and it's going to be even weirder this year because we don't know if these teams are going to be able to even start training camp on time. The good news about the, for the Browns, though, really is if they do go to Baltimore and they lose, you know, I don't know that I'm looking at that game and panicking, when I would start panicking is if they turn around and lose to Cincinnati, right? Starting a rookie on Thursday night football, Cincinnati has a four o'clock game. I looked that up. They have a four o'clock game for their opener. So the Browns even have a few hours head start on the Bengals. Uh, if, if they can't win that game at home and then turn around and beat a Washington team that quite frankly, probably isn't going to be very good. Th those are kind of the two games that would be the, uh, the alarms for this team before they head to Dallas. Yeah, and, and it's, it's prove it time for Baker Mayfield. I mean, right out of the gate, he gets to go against Lamar Jackson again. And, uh, and then second gate, it's Baker Mayfield versus Joe Burrow. And I think what you're seeing here in the first two weeks of the season really are sneak previews of those three quarterbacks that are going to be uh, the face of the AFC North, the quarterbacks of the AFC North for the next at least decade, if, it, if all goes as planned. But it's going to be prove-it time for Baker Mayfield because he's got to go out there and show that he can beat Lamar Jackson. And for sure, he's got to go out there and prove that he can beat Joe Burrow, who everybody's so excited about this year in the NFL, I'm sure, in Cincinnati, of course. Yeah, and, and to, to further that quickly, uh, you know, last year we kept saying, and, and it, there was 100% truth in it, but we kept saying, let's wait till the Browns' schedule gets a little easier. It was so front-loaded with some great defenses, some great defensive minds that they could really, they really could afford to lose those games towards the end of the year. And that's what ended up happening this year, completely different. Now they don't need to start out three and one or four and or anything crazy like that. But quite frankly, Dan, like you highlighted, you look at those first four games, they got to come out two and two. Okay. So now we'll move on to the next four on the schedule home against Indianapolis. That's a four o'clock game. One of the rare four o'clock games um, for the Browns uh, at Pittsburgh at Cincinnati and Las Vegas. Nothing really to circle in that group, right, Mary Kay? <laughs> no, nothing at all. A uh, <laughs> lot of interesting games here, of course, uh, in, in this uh, quadrant. And, um, of course, the, the thing that stands out the most to me is another set of back-to-back -back games against the AFC North. Now, this time, uh, you're going to have a matchup, and they're both on the road, by the way. You're going to have a matchup against Ben Roethlisberger for the first time in a long time, presumably if his elbow checks out okay and he's ready to go and he's still healthy and it's, and it's working out okay. Uh, so Big Ben dominates the Browns. I think it's something like 22 to two, owns the Browns. Uh, and then it's uh, the rematch already with the Bengals. And again, by the time you get done with, this, with these four games, you have played four of your six AFC North games. And that, that is really surprising to me because usually – uh, they like to have those games at the end, a lot of those games in the second half of the season when the races heat up and everything gets so exciting. But those two games back-to-back -back are going to be crucial. 
you know, especially this season, I'm surprised by that. But Ellis, of course, the, the other big thing is, this is going to be the great return of Miles Garrett, not the return of Miles Garrett to Pittsburgh, but this is going to be his first game in Pittsburgh, and the Browns are going to have to navigate that. It's going to be a story, even if Big Ben is the starter and, and he's not on the bench with Mason Hurt and Mason Rudolph is starting. Um, it's still going to be a story. Miles Garrett returning to Cleveland and the Browns and, and this coaching staff, they're going to have to deal with kind of that circus around it. This is going to get national attention. Yep, it's going to be everywhere. I mean, we lived through it last year, and really, other than the the Giants game, this is going to be the, the national attention, whether, you know, where they play the game, whatever, it's going to be talked about all week. The, the players are going to be asked about it all week. It's just the name of the game. Uh, Dan, the only game more anticipated than this one would be your New York Jets game, am I right? <laughs> number two. I, I, my my <laughs> second pick yesterday. There you go. No, that, that's a joke for anyone who listened yesterday, but Dan, I couldn't agree more. This Steelers game, is it's box office. And, of course, the players will say the right things, got their heads down, they're focused. But this game just has so much bake into it with the history and then what happened last year, of course. If the Browns can come out of that first quarter of the season, two and two, there's a lot to like about this second quarter. Outside of the drama that is that Steelers game, there's not a whole lot that scares you here. Of course, Indianapolis is respectable. They've got a new quarterback in Phil Rivers. Maybe that puts him over the hump, or maybe he is passed. We'll find out pretty quickly in 2020. But coming out two and two, they have to like this stretch, which then, of course, ends with the bye week in week nine. I, I, want, I want to say something about this first half, because I've seen this going around Twitter about how the Browns only face one playoff team from a year ago in the first half of the season. And that's true. But I'm going to put a big caveat on that. Because Dallas, that's a really good football team. Indianapolis, that's a really good football team. We don't know what Phillip Rivers is. We don't know if he's, if he's done or not. Uh, but if he's not, that's a really good football team. Pittsburgh, they were on track for the playoffs last year, but then kind of fell apart around Duck Hodges. Um, you know, I don't know what the Raiders are going to be. Obviously, the Bengals are going to have a rookie quarterback. But I, I think it's a little dangerous just to say, well, you know, there's only one playoff team in those first eight because there are some, you know, with Baltimore, Dallas, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh – those are four pretty, pretty solid opponents, uh, if not elite opponents in, in teams like Baltimore and Dallas, potentially, uh, that, that you have to face in that first half of the season. Yeah, and again, anytime, uh, anytime the Browns are facing Ben Roethlisberger, provided he's healthy, he still brings that chip on his shoulder. He still uh, gets himself worked up about, you know, the Browns passing on him. He loves to beat the Cleveland Browns. He absolutely loves to do that. So I, I agree with you there that there, you know, there's not a lot of, as which Davis used to say, walks in the cake here. I mean, you know, th there just aren't a lot of those kind of games, but uh, the Browns do have, I think it's the fourth easiest schedule this year, which, you know, which is kind of surprising, but uh, they have the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. And uh and they should be able to, with all the talent that they have, they should be able to have a winning record this year. Yeah, Dan, I think that's a great observation. And to, to push that a little further, I think the NFC East as a whole is the, the kind of the mystery card in all this. Uh, you know, notoriously, no one wanted to win that division last year. Uh, but if you get teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys playing how everyone thought they would a year ago in 2020, and then Washington, you know, they, they have the number one two pick for a reason but Ron Rivera is supposedly going to change the entire culture there. And I wouldn't bet against that. And then the giants have parts, a lot of parts you like and potentially up and coming quarterback. So the NFC East to me is kind of the key in this schedule. If, 
if they play down and were who they were last year, then the Browns do have one of the easier schedules in the league. But if they rebound, this schedule gets tough quick. Uh, which brings us now, you get the bye week right there in the middle of the season. Uh, so perfect spot for the bye for the Browns. And then we kind of get into probably, if we're dividing this into quarters, probably the toughest quarter of the season. Uh, some sneaky good games in here. You know, a couple teams that we don't know if they're going to be really good or if they're going to be floating around that 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven mark, but they're still good football teams. You've got Week 10 against Houston at home. Week 11 against Philadelphia at home. That wraps up three home games in a row. Then you go to Jacksonville. That's not one of the teams I'm talking about here. But then you have to go and play Tennessee on December 6th. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those are three teams with very high ceilings, you know, and probably their floors are 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. So those are, at, at worst, good football teams with the potential to be really good football teams. That, that's, that's a really interesting stretch there for the Browns starting on November 15th. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, and some good quarterbacks if everybody's healthy, you know. I mean, you're looking at uh, Deshaun Watson and, and Carson Wentz there in those first two, but you get them at home, and I think that helps a lot. Uh, the Titans on the road there, that would, uh, you know, that, that is a little bit of a scary game. I mean, you just have to really appreciate Mike Vrabel's coaching, what he's able to do, and he is going to want to do what he did last year to the Cleveland Browns and kind of shut those guys down. And by then, you know, who knows who could be talking and all of that. So uh, that, that is a very interesting and pivotal stretch of the season. Yeah, Ellis, which game? It's Jacksonville, right? That's the game that stands out to you. <laughs> Yeah, they'll, probably, they'll probably be playing for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields by then. But th- those other three games are uh, are certainly going to be tough. Yeah, and a uh, sigh of relief for anyone involved that that Jaguars game is going to be played <laughs> across the pond. I know, Mary Kay, you're, you're happy about that. Um, yeah, if you had to pick one, Mary Kay, I think there's a lot of truth in that Titans game. It's a sneaky – I know there's always a natural regression in the NFL, but – for anyone low on Tennessee, I just don't see the ingredients for that. Uh, I think Doug Maurice made a great point yesterday on the pod. Mike Vrabel is going to be a coach in this league for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And last year was could be just the start of it, and I, I think it is just the start. So that one definitely stands out. And then the natural intrigue, uh, thank goodness you get him at home and you get him off a of bye week. But playing Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz, two quarterbacks that could have been wearing orange and brown, obviously are not. But that's fascinating to me, and I'm sure something we'll talk about when those weeks come up. But those are two tough back-to-back games. And, you know, if you go 0-2 there after a bye week and then have to head to Jacksonville, you know, it can snowball quickly there. So I think you're dead on about that, Dan. This, that's a tough stretch regardless. Yeah, if, uh, if Baker Mayfield gets off to a rough start and we come out of that bye week and you've got Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz coming to town, oh, man. I think we're going to have some storylines uh, going into those two games uh, with those two teams. And, you know, what you're hoping is, you know, when, when you play Houston, you're going to maybe be setting up your run, right? Because really the playoff race sort of starts around Thanksgiving. So when you play Houston, you're kind of jostling for position. Uh, when you play Tennessee, hopefully, you know, that'll be kind of the start of, of that wild card race, or maybe the Browns will still be in that division race as well. Those could be very, very interesting football games um, with, with Philadelphia and then that Joe Schobert revenge game mixed in against Jacksonville. I'm trying to sell it. I'm trying to sell that Jacksonville game, everybody. Garden yeah, good, good luck with that. Uh, you know what? I mean, I think that uh, as we get deep into that uh, third quarter of the season here, 
I think they're going to be, I still think they're going to be in, in the playoff hunt. I think they're going to be in the thick of it. And I think it's going to be exciting. And I think Browns fans are going to have a, a lot to really look forward to uh, as we move into December. I mean, as bad as last season was, they were in the playoff hunt. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, on the periphery of it, really when they went to Pittsburgh, right. uh, they, they were still very much in it. Okay. Yeah, so the last, Oh, go ahead. Alex. And now they're expanding the playoffs, you know, so yeah. there's yes. a lot to be excited about there regardless. I agree. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is the other thing about that playoff thing, right. At the in the first half of the season, Pittsburgh would have made the playoffs in the, under this new format. I think Dallas might have too last year. So, mm-hmm. so again, those are teams that were right there. Yep. And, you know, for Dallas, maybe with a better coaching situation for Pittsburgh with a better quarterback situation might've made it in. So we know when the Brown season is going to want to open, but you're going to want to get involved in football insider. Well, before then, like right now, for example, what is football insider? It is our subscriber texting service, Mary Kay, Ellis, me, Scott, we'll text you throughout the day with what we hear about the Browns analysis takes uh, whatever we have in mind we'll text you every day you also get an exclusive newsletter uh, with a post that doesn't show up on cleveland.com anywhere it only goes out to our football insider subscribers we do some fun things on that yeah, i know ellis did some schedule posts uh, i did a post on on how one browns player is staying in shape during uh, the, this this time dealing with covid19 uh, these are things that didn't show up on cleveland.com it only went to our football insider subscribers you want to try a 14-day treat free trial all you have to do is go to cleveland.com slash browns on the right side of the page there's a box you can click for more info or you can text 216-208-3965 again that's a 14-day free trial it's 399 after that that's less than 14 cents a day and we continue to see this service grow especially around draft time once the season starts so you'll want to get on board well before all of that you want to get in on this before everybody else right you want to be telling your friends about this 3.99 a month but start your free trial head to cleveland.com slash browns or text 216-208-3965 again that's 216-208-3965 so your last four uh baltimore at home that's a monday night game it's going to be cold. Uh, then you go to New York for two in a row. You've got at the Giants on the 20th, and then either the 26th or 27th, you play the Jets. It'll be interesting to see how the Browns kind of approach that travel schedule. I'm assuming they would want to get their players home for Christmas, but it'll be interesting to see if uh, they mess around with that, especially if that ends up on a short week. And then as they have so many times, they wrap up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, this time at First Energy Stadium on January 3rd. Uh, we've been through many of those here in Cleveland. Uh, when, when you look at this schedule, I, I think it's maybe easy to lose sight of that, that New York combo, uh, but that, that is kind of an, inter- an interesting break from those division games because, again, there's storylines there, especially that first one against the Giants. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when you look at this final quarter of the season, I mean, it once again starts out with a bang. How sky high are Browns fans going to be for the Ravens coming to town on a Monday night football game, uh, December 14th. That is just going to be electric. And like I said, I think the Browns will be in the thick of the playoff hunt and there will be so much riding on that game. Then you move to the New York giants and you've got Odell. I mean, by then Odell will have had uh, 2000 stories written about him and he will have made, you know, a zillion headlines, but uh, that is going to be a classic. That's just going to be a classic for him. And, you know, the back pages of everything. And, uh, you know, people are going to be all over that. 
And then you've got um, Baker versus Sam again. Baker versus Sam is always a cool matchup. And then you uh, finish off, as they so often do, against the Pittsburgh Steelers and maybe probably Ben Roethlisberger. So very, very interesting storylines in the final quadrant. Yeah, and then, you know, that Pittsburgh game, you never know. It could end up at 4 o'clock. It could be a later game or it you know, could get flexed into that Sunday night slot depending what's on the line. Uh, there, there could be a lot of excitement in that. It, it's a little weird, though, Ellis, when, when you look at this, that they aren't playing a bunch of division games late. I, I kind of, you know, obviously we get the added bonus of the Odell returning to New York to face the Giants. Uh, but I am a little disappointed that we're not looking at, like, three division games in four weeks here. Yeah, that is odd. And I wonder if, if this is a trend. I have enough time to uh, survey the rest of the league schedules. But I'm, I'm wondering if this is a trend um, that other teams are dealing with. I will say this, back-to-back -back road games in New York could be a lot worse. You, you can pick a lot of worse situations uh, there. I think the Buffalo Bills last year were the roadmap uh, playing in New York back-to-back -back weeks, and they went 2-0. and So if you can go 2-0 and in that stretch, and then you're ending with Pittsburgh, uh, potentially a playoff game, who knows, division game. I mean, that's the beauty of this league. Anything really is possible. And I'll also say this, I think that Ravens game, look, I know no one likes talking about must-win games even in the first week of the season. I'm going to sit here and call uh, this Ravens game a must-win on May, what is it, 7th? If you, just, if, if you can just predict the season a little bit, uh, like Mary Kay said, and we just got done talking about, if the Browns are going to be in the playoff picture and assuming they don't take care of business in week one, if they win in week one, burn this tape. <laughs> but this game on Monday night is going to be just a must-win feel from a confidence standpoint, probably for the standing standpoint. And just to show that they can compete with the Ravens, you got them at home. Uh, if you're trying to build some momentum to get in the playoffs and you go 0-2 against the Baltimore Ravens, especially at home Monday night, and if it's in an ugly fashion, which is possible with this team towards the end of the year, as we've seen before, there's just a lot of baked into that game. So the Browns come out on top. That, that's as much momentum as you could ask for. You know, interestingly enough um, – oh, I can't remember what I was going to say there. <laughs> um, <laughs> The Giants game, I forgot to mention earlier, uh, in addition to Odell, you've got the Baker Daniel Jones story. Yes. So, so there's that there. Don't forget, don't forget too, Mary Kay, who's going to be standing on that sideline somewhere on the sideline <laughs> over there, former Browns head coach, Freddie Kitchens. Of course, Freddie. Yeah. How can we forget Freddie Kitchens? Yeah. Uh, I know what I was going to say before. Interestingly enough, the Browns are only on prime time two times this year. So th that means something. That is meaningful. Last year in the season of great expectations, they threw them all over prime time. Three times in the first five weeks, they were playing night games. Mm -hmm. This year, they're only on prime time twice. And I was a little surprised about that. They added a lot of talent. You got Odell, you know, who always draws a crowd. And I, I thought that maybe they'd have a little bit more than that. I'm actually glad you brought that up. I did want to talk about that. Um, so this is a good time to do it. Not only are they not, they're only on primetime twice, but they aren't in the marquee game at all. They're on a Thursday night and they're on a Monday night. They, they don't have a Sunday night football game. And then when you dig even deeper, you know, this isn't a few years ago when they played every single game Sunday at one o'clock and didn't even get a Thursday night game, but they only have right now one game that's not, yeah, one game outside of those primetime games, it's not a one o'clock start. And that's the Colts on October 11th. Now, right. 
obviously they're going to have games that can get flexed if they're if they're good and they might end up in some four o'clock starts or some you know maybe a Sunday night flex but as of right now a lot of one o'clock starts on this schedule and I do think that's the NFL so we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast a lot of people feeling burnt by all that hype last year this feels a little bit like the NFL Ellis felt a little burnt by all that hype as well yeah, uh, it seems like a complete course correction, and you can't blame anyone for that. And I'm sure, quite frankly, Kevin Stefanski it, it loves this. <laughs> you know, whether it's it's the reporters or the players or the coaches, primetime's tough for everyone involved. And as a new coach, first year, nothing like having a normal routine, keeping your weeks the same, keeping your start times the same. Now, I will say this, both at Tennessee and the Giants game feel like sneaky flex options. I know you mentioned that, Dan. Uh, I could see, you know, if Tennessee is it's a wild card team or leading their division and the Browns are seeking a wild card, I could see that getting flexed. And then we don't need to talk anymore about gi- Giants, Browns, because we've got plenty of that to do. But that one sells itself also, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Mary Kay, I know you kind of touched on this, but um, the, how many primetime games did you expect? I, I'm, I'm curious. Did you expect to say, I think I predicted three maybe might have thrown a fourth if you want in there I can't recall off the top of my head but uh you know I thought there would be a little more prime time and that there maybe be a Sunday night in there at least yeah I'm still surprised about that Uh, I would have expected there to be at least three because you're still talking about Baker Mayfield is a big draw Odell Beckham Jr. is a big draw I mean these are people these are are players that people tune in to specifically see them Miles Garrett is a draw so, uh, yeah, I thought there would probably be at least three. But, again, as, as you mentioned, Ellis, it, it's a correction from, from last year. And it reminds me back of when the Browns uh, in the, the Derek Anderson years, you know, they put him on primetime. He and uh, Braylon Edwards, like, six times that year, something ridiculous. I can't remember what it was. But, you know, they, they threw them all over primetime, and they, you know, they just got burned by that. And you can't do that. You have to live up to your primetime games. You have to bring it strong. Yeah, I mean, the NFL needs needs those games to, to be really good. The one I'm curious about, actually, is, is that Dallas game. That that one ended up at 1 p.m. You know, there was some thinking, could it end up on Thanksgiving? I thought at the very least it would end up at, like, 4 o'clock or, or something like that and maybe be a, a national TV game because we know the Cowboys are just a ratings bonanza. Mm-hmm. And, and the Browns, of course, you know, do well as well and have a, a rabid fan base. I'm a little surprised that that game isn't in, in more of a marquee slot. Yeah, Dan, I couldn't agree more. And just to unpack the Sunday night concept, you know, just thinking about this, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Mary Kay, you said who the stars are and the Browns still are going to be, I mean, they're over under in Vegas is somewhere around eight and a half or something, you know? So it's, I don't, I don't understand no Sunday night game and we'll see if NBC has the, the foresight to not put them uh, in the Carrie Underwood promo or on the, uh, on the, on the bus at the end there, you, you know, you're going to put Odell Beckham's face on the bus and you're going to put Baker in the, the promo, but they're not going to have any Sunday night games. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. The, well, the NFL, I know is, is pretty protective of that Sunday night football uh, showcase. I haven't actually looked at the full Sunday night schedule uh, in, in the interest of full disclosure. I haven't looked at that full schedule yet, uh, but the Browns, again, I just think, a lot of people felt burnt by this football team last year, uh, and including maybe some people um, in, in that building too. So, look, we got to talk about some football. Who knows what this is going to look like when September 13th rolls around. You know, as we know, Ohio is, is very slowly starting to open up. Restaurants and, and things like that will open up uh, very soon here. 
So things are starting to open up. We don't know what this is going to look like in September. We don't know what it's going to look like in November, but at least we have some actual games to discuss until then, which we will do, I'm sure, over and over again here on the Orange Brown Talk podcast because we do these every single weekday. So make sure you are subscribed. Give us a rating. Give us a review as well. And also make sure you sign up for Football Insider. I gave you that number to text to get signed up for that 14-day free trial a little bit earlier in the show. For Ellis and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.